for me, the experimentation of it is so much of what I enjoy. But I know that there are people who who just put the Lego set together, set it on a shelf, and then that's the end of it for them. And that's a lot of who I think the Starbucks experience appeals to is the people who know that they could spend five, 10 minutes a morning putting together their coffee, but really they just want to stop by Starbucks because that takes five minutes. They pick up their drink, walk out the door, maybe or maybe not have a friendly experience depending on where you're going. <laughs> Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode 56. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me today is a guest we have with us, Mr. JT Manning from Moscow, Idaho. Is that right? I got that right. Idaho, right? Yeah, it's Moscow, Idaho. Okay. Uh, Welcome to the show. Those all sound the same. Thanks. It's great to have you. Uh, The reason we wanted to introduce JT is because he has a background experience as a barista at Starbucks. And he's retired now. He's got his pockets lined with cash and all those (laughs) tips he made back at the day uh, at uh, Starbucks. So yeah, living the life high on coffee. How are you doing, JT? (laughs) Doing pretty good. You know, I I wish I had as much of the the tips still lining my pockets as I used to. That's for sure. So how long did you work at Starbucks and what, what was it like there? As a barista, did when you set out to get a job at Starbucks, did you know you would be a barista? Oh, I actually just kind of went into it because I, I had a friend who had been working there and she told me uh, how good it was, mostly with the, the benefits that they offer. And uh, the store manager there was really great. And just all of that kind of came to me working there, even though I had never really had coffee or I wasn't really into coffee yet. Mm. Well, so what do you do now? Um, you know, you live out there in Moscow. Is that the same town where your Starbucks was located? Yeah, actually, I worked uh, here in town. There's a store and then uh, there's another store eight miles away. And I worked at the one here in town for one year, the other one another year, and then back in, in Moscow for another two years. So I was there for about four and a half years altogether. Oh, okay. See, I have about four, four and a half uh, years of experience at Chick-fil-A when I was in high school. Oh, and really enjoyed that. Yeah, I've worked at two different Chick-fil-A's. I had lots of friends at various Chick-fil-A's all over the this area of North Atlanta. So, yeah, we kind of dominated things. Yeah, they have uh, Chick-fil-A is another great customer service place. Now, did you get into coffee while working at Starbucks? Is that is that something that kind of took off with time, or did you get into it on your own in another way? Yeah, the longer I worked there the more I really got into it. So before I, I worked there, I, um, I didn't really drink coffee much at all. I would drink chai tea lattes, get up drive through every once in a while for that and, and call it good. But, uh, as I started working there, obviously you have to get to know the coffee. You have to know what you're talking about, be able to talk to customers and be able to explain what's going on. And, uh, so through that experience, they really just trained, trained my palate and trained uh, my ability to taste and enjoy coffee, really. Hmm. See, now being just a a customer walking in and having a a cup of coffee every now and then, you don't really strike up a conversation with the barista very often about their work and how they are trained. So I don't have an appreciation for just how much knowledge they have about the culture and about the craft. I figure they, they have to know sort of like the ingredients, the core ingredients and recipes for what's up on the menu. But sometimes I wonder, like, 
is this just like a fast food restaurant where the people don't really understand what they're making? They just kind of go through the motions as they make a hamburger or do they know a good hot beverage when they, when they've made it, when they see it, when they smell it? Yeah. For like a French press or a, a tasting or something like you're going to be able to talk through the, the flavors because they, they train that and they talk you through that. And then they even have a, an additional tier of training they can put you through called a, a coffee master where they really take you into the different decaffeination processes and what how those treat the coffee and then the different types of beans, you know, or Arabica or Robusta and Starbucks, of course, uh, serve strictly Arabica beans. And so they, they walk you through that process and have you uh, be able to discuss the different flavors that you might get from Central America versus, uh, you know, Pacific Asia and what those flavors are like. And um, they, they do a good job of helping you understand those, be able to talk about them. Uh, of course, you, you're still going to have a plenty of lattes roll off the line and everybody, depending on who's on the other end of the latte, depends on whether or not it tastes good and who, whoever's putting it together may not may not really have even put that much effort into building the latte. But uh, it, there's an opportunity if you really want to get excited and you want to learn about uh, the craft of the coffee and um, the beans and where they come from and how they treat the farmers, the, the opportunities there for, for you if, if you're interested. Hmm. Now, something that you have here in your notes is coffee master. What is a Starbucks coffee master? Well, that's that additional um, training. I was kind of just talking about where it's this uh, extra step where you can go through this process and it ends with your ability to sit down with two different types of coffees and pair them well with something. And you have um, customers that you invite to your, your coffee tasting and you just uh, present the coffee and do a flavor profile. And you, you discuss the flavor profile of um, something like Verona and how it, the chocolatey notes that pull out of it and the way that those work together with the, the, chocolate you're providing and then maybe you have a lemon tart or some sort of berry cobbler to go with a more african coffee and and work through a pairing and discussing the pairing there and you learn about the the farmers and how starbucks tries to take care of farmers and how um uh, again you that's where really where you learn about the decaffeination process and uh it just creates it's extra level of depth if you really want want to go there okay a few years ago, I went to a tasting for hot teas at Starbucks. A friend was working there, and he went through all the selection. It was one of the first times my eyes were kind of opened up to, hey, this stuff is good too. And so while I still have nurtured my interest in hot coffee all these years, I was developing an interest in tea around that time. And since then, okay. I've had hot teas available in my house for the occasion that I just don't want the caffeine in the evening or I don't yeah. want too much caffeine in the morning. I'll have an English breakfast tea or something like oh. that. You were saying yeah. you, you got interested in the chai lattes. Now I, I haven't actually had one of those. Is that like a tea frappuccino or what is that like? Uh, so that's um, really just kind of, uh, at Starbucks, at least, it was a, a liquid concentrate that you would uh, mix in with some water and milk, and that's um, pretty much all it really is. <laughs> so not the most sophisticated beverage on the menu. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, and, you know, 
back then that was uh 2006 i would you know i was getting those so loaded with sugar i wasn't wasn't really too interested in the chai anyways it was just my my access point to try something from the coffee stand hmm. interesting yeah that, that's the thing i think that it's a lot like well other schools of beverages where you start with the fruity stuff you start with the sweet stuff and you work your way towards the more rich and bold flavors <laughs> and it's that way with with craft beers it's that way with wine and coffee too i know that you start them on something simple and sweet. So, and then you work your yeah. way to the, the rich, the, the stuff that puts hair on your chest, the coffee that put hair on your chest. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Especially the Starbucks's case. How did you feel about right. the roast at Starbucks? Uh, any opinions on, on what you had to sell there and what was your favorite? Um, at the time, especially, I really appreciated them. I mean, one of the, uh, partner or employee benefits is, you get a free pound every week. So taking home a pound of coffee every week, you're, you're guaranteed to be able to get whatever you want and be able to try something that you enjoy. And that's all the coffee you need at work and home. That's, that's plenty. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's no shortage. Um, I, I would actually take it, save it up all year and then take it home with me at Christmas and give it away at Christmas. I would end up with so much every year. Um, but as far as the, the coffee I enjoyed, I would, um, I, I really like the Gold Coast blend. I, there are darker roasts, you know, um, through the coffee roaster or master program, they would end up teaching you about how the Starbucks always roast past second crack. Um, so that's just, there's two very audible cracks in the roasting process. And so they would always roast past second crack, which it, to me is why so many people feel like it's so dark and so burnt is because that's such a long roast and it gets so dark and it is, it is, you know, borderline ash at that point uh but but now I, i've uh, really started to kind of be able to enjoy a lot of other flavors of coffee and it's gotten away from i just like it really dark coffee to more i enjoy um quality coffee with uh, a good flavor that's brewed been brewed well hmm. so what did you enjoy about the work the job at starbucks besides the immediate perks like what was your favorite part of the day job probably just the opportunity to interact with so many people, you know, you end up with all these people coming in every day and you have so many people to interact with and connect with and such a, a great opportunity to really um, provide a great start to a lot of people's days or a lot of people were closing down their days later in the evening. So you'd be able to kind of help people kind of bring a close to their day. And uh, you develop a lot of relationships with, with people because they're coming in. I mean, when I was there is very regular. We had a very good, consistent group of customers that would come in and you could almost set your clock by some of them. You know, you know that you're going to see this, huh. this group of people in the morning and this group of people in the evening. Now, did you prefer the regular customers or were they more uh, hassle or uh, were they, were they like just <laughs> the greatest part of the day, I guess? They, they were about as uh, diverse as could be. You know, you had people come in that were just a complete gem and it, you were uh, almost honored to, to help them because they were, they were so friendly and nice. Like there was one guy that would come in that he was from Yurgashev. And so he knew, he knew fresh coffee. And so we, every time he came in, he wanted us to just brew up a, a fresh, fresh batch. But because he was such a genuine, nice guy, I didn't 
mind seeing him and Lynam throwing together a batch real quick for him versus uh, there's a, a another person who is a little bit more um, a little bit more nitpicky and a little bit more concerned and if a new barista made her beverage she would guarantee that she's going to pass it back and ask for them to make it again just based on the fact that she doesn't know the person that made the coffee and uh, it's their first time making her coffee right hmm. I, I think that that was one of the most pleasant things about Chick-fil-A was the regular customers because they got to know you, they cared about you. Sometimes they even wanted to give you tips and that was extra special. But you felt yeah. like you were serving someone throughout their life and it was it was comfortable space. Now, some of the customers that would be hurried, the, the most hurried customers were usually ones you didn't see all that often. They didn't have yeah. any reason to be there about making a human connection with you in the restaurant. And I imagine that it would be much the same for the barista's life at Starbucks. Yeah, you, you definitely have a lot of fun as you get to interact with people and see some of that life experience happen where uh, people that have been dating for a while get married and somehow like half the staff at Starbucks gets invited to the wedding because we're all such good oh, friends wow. <laughs> or, or uh, the people that have uh, been married for a while and have their first kid and you get to start interacting and see their kid grow up some. There really is a lot of family experience that I had in, in my time there. And I know that isn't, that isn't always the case. Hmm. We'll go ahead and take a moment to thank the sponsor. We'll get right back to you, JT. I want to say thanks to Thrasher Coffee supporting the Top Brew podcast and website. Thrasher is the craft roaster here in the heart of the South. They specialize in fresh roasts available that are made to order and delivered to your door within 48 hours of purchase. I love their coffee and receive my freshly roasted orders every two weeks. I personally can recommend them. It, they just have fine craftsmanship. The packaging is gorgeous. It smells great in the box when I receive it. And Thrasher has a range of different roasts now, so you can pick from Italian roasts and medium roasts and dark roasts and specialty blends, single origins, you name it, they have it. And in just a few clicks at thrashercoffee.com, you get your favorites by the pound and shipped to you at their peak freshness. If you want to first give their handcrafted roasts a try, then just order a pound, give it a try, and see what you like. Thrasher's premium coffee does not come at the premium price of other craft roasters. All their roasts are $17.99 plus $5 shipping on the total order when you subscribe for a regularly delivered pound or more of your favorite beans. And Thrasher always treats our listeners like the handsome coffee drinkers that y'all are. Get 25% off of your purchase with the coupon code TOPBREW at checkout. My thanks again to Thrasher Coffee for supporting our podcast, Top Brew, and its website. So JT, getting back into the mix here, you had to learn a heck of a lot of different recipes and switch, you know, from like one mindset of working on this section of the counter to stocking to getting to drinks again and mixing things what, what kind of challenges do the baristas face you know upkeep with freshly brewing coffee drinks and making sure you have enough milk and frothing this and that uh, mixing up orders um was it a challenge to keep up with all the beverages in say the rush hours yeah i mean i don't i don't know anybody who hasn't ever walked into a starbucks and at rush hour and looked around and been like, yeah, maybe it's uh, a good day to go someplace else or the, <laughs> uh, 
the coffee at work is going to do today. You you just end up um, trying to manage uh, the difference between uh, the line at the register and the line of drinks, you know, like trying to manage the number of people waiting on either end to try and keep those weights down. Uh, the, the store I worked at when I worked there was just a, a walk-in store where you would have to walk in and you get your your coffee, so no drive-through or anything like that, just a cafe style. And they, uh, that was our biggest challenge was probably balancing the uh, register weight versus the the weight at the end of the counter for your drink after you order. Uh, after that, the stocking stuff wasn't bad because most of that would happen during the downtime, hmm. and uh, the the store manager or the su- shift supervisors had to deal with most of the um, the back supply and the back stock. So I, I never. Oh, well, besides the time that I spent as a shift supervisor got lost in, in that, and it wasn't ever too stressful. You said that you spent some time there as a shift supervisor. What is the difference between the that role and, say, management and the barista? Um, uh, a lot of companies will call them key holders uh, or something to that effect, so there's a little bit more um, in the way of odds and ends that you have to do with uh, helping employees with their, their cash stock, but really... The majority of their time is spent working as as managing task lists, making sure uh, cleaning is happening because you have that much milk going anywhere and it is a mess everywhere. Uh, so you have to have to do a lot of cleaning to try and keep up with that. And then you try and uh, make sure that you're putting out the, the fresh milk and you're not using old milk. And th- there's little odds and ends, but nothing, nothing too major besides those things. Hmm. So what is your favorite thing about coffee today? Flash forward, you know, you had all this experience, you you worked in the business and now you're retired from that actually. And you're enjoying coffee ritualistically like the rest of us do. It's part of your meditative morning practice and something you just enjoy for social experiences. It's a, it's a good drink. It's part of the culture. It's part of who we are. So what do you appreciate most about coffee today? You know, I really enjoy, um, the flavor and the experience, uh, just, uh, just going over to my little grinder, running my grinder for a minute. And then the whole kind of ritual or, or fussiness of my coffee is, is really what, uh, kind of leaves me with the, the joy and nostalgia of, of enjoying my coffee every morning. So do you feel like getting your coffee from a place like Starbucks kind of takes some of the fun out of it. I know a lot of people who have just never tried making their own coffee, not making it from scratch, not, not thinking more than just opening up a bag of pre-ground coffee and dumping it into an electric maker and doing it the American way, you know, and then if they, they get a good cup of coffee, it's usually from the counter at Starbucks. Do you think that, what would you recommend to people who or just not getting the experience that you are where there is, yeah, there's some work to it. There is a process. You need a couple of tools, but are they really missing out if they, they don't grind their own beans, if they don't heat their own water and set their own brew time? I kind of feel like they are actually just, it's sort of like building a Lego set in the kitchen with something you're going to consume. That's really good. And you never get tired of it. Really? Not like you would if you were just building the same Lego set every day. I, th- yeah. I think that the process of making coffee is its own reward. You know, I could definitely agree with the reward in that aspect. For me, I know that it's true that 
me fussing with my coffee is part of what I enjoy so much about it. Uh, right now, I'm, I, I can't also experiment as I'm doing the different things. You know, I, I've been using a, a cone filter and doing a pour over through that, but I, I'm not getting as much flavor out of it as I want. So I started steeping my coffee before I run it through the filter. And I, I'm still not even in love with that process. So for me, the experimentation of it is so much of what I enjoy. But I know that there are, are people who who just put the Lego set together, set it on a shelf, and then that's the end of it for them. And that's a lot of who I think the Starbucks experience appeals to is the people who know that they could spend five, ten minutes a morning putting together their coffee, but really they just want to stop by Starbucks because that takes five minutes. They pick up their drink, walk out the door, maybe or maybe not have a friendly experience depending on where you're going, but... <laughs> So, so personally, I, I think I would always suggest, and I was even talking with uh, one of my coworkers this morning about what I do and how I enjoy the experience. And she was ex- excited for me and my ability to do that, but she wasn't interested in ever trying it herself. She just, she likes just hitting the pumper pot at work and calling it good. So what would you recommend to people who are interested in employment at Starbucks? Would you suggest to them they they go the whole nine yards, they get the master experience, you know, um, start making coffee on their own and experimenting at home? Is that none of that really necessary if it's really just about the job? Yeah, if it's really just about the job and paying some bills, I would suggest it as a workplace. And like most uh, customer service workplaces, it's it has its own bag of tricks and it's really going to come down to who your your manager is and who your district manager is. I I feel very fortunate because I had a great store manager. She was awesome and really knew how to take care of her employees. Uh, even our district manager, he knew how to take care of uh, his district man or his uh, store managers, and he did a great job. Um, so it, that can make it a lot of fun to work at. If you want to work there for the coffee portion of it, I feel like you can get just as much knowledge and learn quite a bit about all this through just digging deep through listening to podcasts like this or dig deep on Wikipedia and reading article after article and reading all the the different brew styles and ways people will brew and what they'll do and uh, probably even watch videos on YouTube. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I would definitely recommend the articles and the videos online these days because there's just a lot of rich information. It's it's very visual. There are all these different recipes. You find something like a pour-over that you like, and there's the recipe that comes in the box with that pour-over device, but you've got several different ways of making coffee with that at home if you just do a quick Google search for the pour-overs. And that's so true, but just about all the different machines, you learn things like you need to clean your electric drip coffee maker every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of people don't really think about that. But if they would just take a couple couple of minutes to look it up online, then they'd learn a lot. So I recommend that that's that's a great place to start for people who want to learn more about uh, craft coffee at home. But... For the uh, St- Starbucks job, it's it's still pretty good that you can give it an endorsement and uh, encourage people to seek it out if they are interested. Because I, I think that I would also recommend to people like, I mean, you know, if you want a job at Chick-fil-A, I'd recommend them too. <laughs> that was one of the reasons I sought them out is that they, they just had a great work environment to work with and it was good people there to work with. But I think the benefits at Starbucks definitely outshine the benefits you get at a place like a quick service restaurant like Chick-fil-A. 
uh, the benefits that you mentioned, uh, were those a, a factor at all for you? One of the reasons you were interested in the job? The health benefits, I definitely drug, drug my feet on uh, really getting into, but at first I felt bad to getting a free pound of coffee every week or your 20% off or whatever it is. But after a while, just you get used to it and everybody's like, no, it's, it's part of what they do. You know, they, they want, want to take care of their people, or at least my experience was that they wanted to take care of their people when, when I was there. And there was, there's been some transition of course, but yeah, it, it definitely helped me have a good time. Well, getting back into your own kitchen now, JT, what do you do with coffee at home? What are your coffee rituals now? At home, my wife and I are mostly doing French presses. She'll actually use the French press to make iced coffee. Oh, yeah. I wrote a recipe for that. It's actually pretty good. Oh, really? Well, I guess I wasn't thinking about iced coffee. I was thinking about cold brew coffee. I was thinking about cold brew with a French press. Okay. We've been looking up those recipes. And how did yours work? You would actually keep it chilled overnight in the refrigerator without pressing it down. So you give it 10 to 14 hours to steep and recommended to get it pressed, you know, in the morning when you're ready to have a cup on your way to work. Okay. That definitely sounds a lot easier than the other one I saw. It was like 48 hour process altogether, but, uh, I don't really think it's necessary. I think you still get very good results in less than that time. Cool. I'll, I'll definitely have to look that up then. But besides the French press, all we're, we really do is, uh, I, like I was saying about my pour over process that I go through, and we also have an arrow press that we, I don't know, had a high barrier of trying to get into it. So I need to go back and try it again now, but hmm. I haven't used that as much. And what do you make of these options to you? Do you feel comfortable that the French press is your favorite, or is it just what you happen to be using these days? And do you prefer it with a certain kind of roast? Do you get a different kind of, do you prefer a different kind of result from your other coffee makers? I would definitely say that uh, the French press is my favorite. My, my thing about the French press is I, I love the almost meaty quality to it with all that the rich coffee oil in it. Yeah, that's probably my biggest complaint about pour over paper filter process I'm using is losing so many oils and the brown almost crema that comes out of my French press is just one of my favorite parts of my coffee. And I don't get that with this filtering. And I really do appreciate the depth of flavor. And I'm pretty open to most roasts. You know, the the more early coffees are the ones I struggle the most with. But outside of that, I'm, I, I don't try to be uh, too picky. Obviously, if I buy a bag and I, I dislike it, I'm not going to buy another bag of that, but hmm. yeah. So what is your current coffee brewing setup with the French press? You've got a hot water kettle. How do you get it all done? Yeah, we have a hot water kettle. We'll do, I think about 14 teaspoons of coffee in there and then put it the hot water in and let it steep for about four minutes and then uh, press and go. I, uh, at work, I do about uh, six teaspoons into or tablespoons into my pour over process and I'll steep that for four minutes before running it through the filter. So what is your coffee bean supplier? Oh gosh, my wife just got me one of those coffee boxes. All these boxes now you can subscribe to online. She just uh, got me one of those for Christmas. But otherwise, there's another tier locally called Land Grove that they roast here locally and because they're local and a really group, great group of guys and a good relationship with them. I, I appreciate what they're doing and I really like their uh, Ethiopian Yurga Chef uh, 
roast. Hmm. Very nice. All right. Well, anything else that you want to mention, JT? Any other endorsements, recommendations to the craft coffee enthusiast? Oh, Starbucks isn't all bad, but definitely <laughs> with the bad rap. <laughs> That's about the best I can say. You know, it's not a perfect, perfect place to go. And I, I definitely am not there every day. I, as it is, I maybe go there once a week at most. Mm, fair enough. So my last question then for you is, what is your favorite mug? And why do you stick to a favorite mug? Yes, I have a 16 ounce ceramic mug with a, a handle, kind of tall and narrow. It looks kind of like a Starbucks cup with a uh, with a handle on the side because it can warm up and it keeps heat really well. It's not double walled or anything, but it's just a cup I've used for such a long time. And I, I used it when I started working there and uh, just become kind of nostalgic to keep using it. And it's it's my favorite cup by far. And I don't I don't do any of the crazy seasoning. I definitely wash it every day. <laughs> good. Well, thank you, JT. Very good show. Uh, thanks for joining me. And I'll have all the links to things that we happen to mention on the show in the, the show notes. And uh, anything, if you want to learn about Starbucks, I'll do some research and add links to the show notes so that you can dig deeper into the job and what it's like for the baristas there. Thanks again, JT, for joining us. Thank you, Joe. I really had a great time. Find the show notes at toprew.fm slash podcast slash 56. If you'd like updates from Top Brew, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at topbrewfm. We're also available on Facebook at facebook.com slash topbrewfm. If you have coffee topics that you would like to discuss with us, use hashtag AskTopBrew on Twitter and send those in a message and we'll respond to you in another episode. And if you're another barista, a roaster, a connoisseur, a craft coffee farmer, or just your average Joe with a passion about coffee, then uh, email us and we'd like to strike up a conversation with you. If you want to be on another episode of Top Brew, you're always welcome. Send that email to joe at topbrew.fm. What listeners want to hear are people that are interested in coffee and relish it as much as they do. Lastly, I want to give a special thanks again to our sponsor, Thrasher Coffee, to show your support of this podcast. Enjoy Thrasher Coffee and let them know that we sent you. Use that coupon code TOPBREW to get 25% off of your first order. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks a bunch for listening to the Top Brew Podcast. Podcast.